This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. If you're watching on ESPN 2, ESPN News, J. Will reacting to a virtuoso performance from the king on and off the floor. But I'm also mad today, Zubin. We're mad today. What's that? that? Was that a really a performance? For him through three quarters? Man, come on, man. As that was so easy. That was easy. Here's the bottom line, guys. We talked about Logo Lillard. Last night it turned into Logo LeBron. You heard it right off the top from 45 feet. The Lakers win. They're up 3-1. But they were also up to talk about something else after the game, not just LeBron, but the other big stars in the NBA, which we'll get to in just a second with Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams. I'm Zubin Mahenti. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests will join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And as Jay indicated, Jay, I'll go to you right off the bat. This is not going to be an ordinary show today because, again, we've got another extraordinary day in America. To many people, an extraordinarily tragic day, another tragic week In this country that LeBron touched on, I know you want to touch on. We'll talk about it over the next four hours. It's about hoops, and it's about so much more. Let's just get your initial thoughts before we hear from the King and others who are weighing in on things much bigger than basketball. Yesterday was a hard day for me. Uh, It was a hard day for our country. And first and foremost, you know, I I send the most sincere prayers to Jacob Blake's family. Um, It is a blessing and a miracle that he is alive. Um, and that he is in fair condition in the hospital. Yesterday, once again, just kind of proved that, um, you know, seeing how, and I'm not saying all cops are bad cops, but the amount of black men that are killed that in all these situations should have been de-escalated in, in front of his three kids, three kids, three, five, and eight years old, psychologically stained forever, Key, watching your father shot in the back. Now, you know, reports, there was a scuffle, headlock, he was reaching for a knife. Okay, de-escalate the situation, tackle, tackle him, take him down. You don't grab him by the back and shoot him seven times. Seven times in the back in broad daylight. And if there wasn't video, it's just another Black man killed. And for anybody out there that uses the defense mechanism that I hear a lot of Caucasian people use by saying, you know, white people die every single day too. Nobody should die like that. Nobody should be treated like that. And that only escalates the situation for our conversation, Key, having the platform that we have. We spoke about how we felt about Montrez Harrell and something like that the other day, just like we can talk about this today and how big this is and how it only perpetuates the bigger problem that we have in this country because this happens, it feels like, more and more and more. Man, it's like every single day. It it really is, and it's, it's, you know, it's getting to the point, you know, obviously we continue to say we're tired of this happening. And if it wasn't for video, where is it at? Like, what are we saying? It's like, oh, somebody got shot, anything could happen. And you talk about 
you know, like Jay was saying, people try to use the excuse of, you know, white people die every day. They get shot. More people, they start bringing up statistics about nobody should be gunned down like a dog in the middle of the streets, like animals. Like no one should be treated that way. And it's, it's, it's wild because you could have very easily de-escalated the situation because we've seen cops police other cops in de-escalate situations. We've seen it with our own eyes, just like we've seen him get gunned down in front of his three kids in a damn car. Hypothetically, just think for a minute. What if one of those bullets ricocheted off the steering wheel and bounced into one of those kids? What if, what if just because you are trained with a gun doesn't mean when you fire it, it doesn't go somewhere else. You got three kids in the car. Like, you you could tackle him. You it, it If you didn't see the video, you could see the video because it's on social media, up online. Going from the back end of the vehicle all the way around to the front, if you wanted to take him down, you have a taser, I'm assuming. You have some something there other than the gun. You have your body to tackle him to the ground. It, 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 I just, I don't get it. It's, it is scary, man. It really is. It it growing up in South Central LA and, and seeing the way the police treated black people when I was growing up in South LA and seeing it now to this day, years and years later, it's crazy as hell. It scares me to death. As I was having a conversation with you before the show zooming about my eight year old son. He's petrified of sirens. It does not have to be police sirens. It can be the fire department, the ambulance, going up and down the street, and he just tenses up, and you can see it. And he's all, I'm like, man, they're not coming to get us. We cool. But that's what they have done to young kids, especially young black kids. It's crazy. Just so crazy. Your eight-year-old boy, Vance, I want to quickly mention here, it's three months to the day that George Floyd was killed. And so you mentioned the video and the poignant nature that that takes on and how that has changed the world. I am sure 99% of our audience is well aware of the story that we are telling, but just in case, just a very quick recap of what exactly we are talking about with a couple of specifics, and then we're going to hear from some of the NBA's biggest stars, and they are not holding back. Give me 30 seconds. We'll get right to George Hill, and we'll get to LeBron James. So the police in Kenosha, Wisconsin, lakefront city of about 100,000 people between Milwaukee and Chicago shooting of an unarmed black man, Jacob Blake, on Sunday. Witnesses said he was trying to break up a domestic argument between a couple of women, walked back towards his SUV. As Jay said, with three of his sons looking on from the vehicle, an officer fired seven times at his back at close range. All caught on videotape, as Keyshawn mentioned. He is expected to survive, as Jay mentioned, through his family. The officer has been placed on administrative leave. Zubin, I, I, I did read a report where there was a tussle. And I'm not sure if this is actual factual, if this is factual or not, but there was a tussle between him and the officers and that he was tasered. Uh, and then the escalation, um, the, the situation escalated as he was going back to his car and you hear things of he was about to grab a knife. Here's my thing. If you have multiple officers who are carrying and if somebody is about to grab a knife, <laughs> what? A gun wins a knife fight every time. 
1,000, 1 million percent of the time. With seven bullets. <laughs> there is no need to pop seven bullets in his back because he has a knife. There's so many other ways you can handle that situation than when somebody's back is turned to you, shooting them seven times in the back. George Hill plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. They won their game yesterday. They're up three games to one. That seems like such a trite thing to say, but I do want to mention that obviously they play in the home state where all of this took place. He's in his second season with Milwaukee, and he made it perfectly clear right now with everything going on in the world, the players have no recourse and have no business being in the bubble. I mean, we can't do anything. Um, first of all, we shouldn't even came to this damn place, to be honest. Uh, I think coming here just took all the focal points off of what the issues are. But but we're here, so um, it is what it is. Um, you know, we can't do anything from right from right here, but I think definitely when this all settles, you know, some things need to be done. I think this world has to change. I think our police department has to change. Um, us as a society has to change. And... Um, right now, we're not seeing any of that, you know, live are being taken, you know, as we speak day in and day out. And there's no consequence or accountability for it. And, and that's what has to change. So I, I, I feel the same sentiment to a degree with George Hill. I, I am very frustrated. Key, we're both very pissed off by this whole situation. And we have been for a very long time. Uh, but I also vehemently disagree with George Hill. So the alternative is that these players are not in the bubble during a pandemic and they are out in the streets and maybe protesting, even though protests have not been at the same rate that they have been a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. And I wonder where George Hill's voice would be heard. Now, maybe they, you know, a, a couple of local beat writers would have picked it up, would have been national news potentially, but George Hill is on national TV right now with his words being heard, being spoken about on our show. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for him being in the bubble, being allowed to have that opportunity, we never hear from George Hill. We probably hear from LeBron James. We, we hear from maybe a Kevin Durant, maybe a Kawhi Leonard, if Kawhi would speak about it, mm-hmm. maybe Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. But we don't hear from George Hill. So the opportunity, the, the way that these players can be amplified in the bubble would be the counter argument to George Hill saying we should even be here, damn it. Like, um, I, I do think this is allowing them to be heard and it allows the conversation to continue at such a high volume that it maybe would not have been had at if they weren't in the bubble. Fair enough. Other Wisconsin sports luminaries, Aaron Rodgers, Brewers manager Craig Council, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur all weighing in. Hopefully we'll hear from them throughout the morning, but this is a gigantic story. Still to come, the Lakers, as I mentioned, took a 3-1 series lead, but for LeBron, it was way bigger than basketball. His emotionally charged comments are on the way. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Good morning from the South Street Seaport Studios. It's a beautiful Tuesday. If you're watching us this morning on ESPN News, if you're with us on ESPN Radio, the app, your smart speakers, we really appreciate it. It is a complicated day. That is for sure. We're going to get right back into the biggest sports discussion and the biggest conversation that's transcending sports in just a moment. But first, let's go from A to Z. And a reminder, A to Z is brought to you by Redbox. Clemson is ranked number one in the 2020 Associated Press preseason top 25 poll. Ohio State a close number two, followed by Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and LSU. But Ohio State's not playing this year, right? Correct. So when Clemson loses uh, huh. at any point, Ohio State at 0-0 zero and zero will be ascending to the number one spot. <laughs> they would be undefeated, Jay. So obviously that would be a great spot for Ryan Day and the Buckeyes. Key, you're looking at me crazy. You know, I'm, I'm just looking, why would you even put this poll up? Like, Thank why, you. Why did AP even release a preseason poll when most of college football is probably not even going to take place in play you know what that is key that's money that's money on the screen right well according to nick saban it's not about money it's about the players we'll hear from saban a little bit later albert pujols speaking of players passed a rod for second on the all-time rbi list he's now 210 behind hammer and hank aaron yo babe is unofficially number two rbi guys did not become an official stat until 100 years ago and key you're a socal guy it's really unfortunate he's playing his career out in anonymity there in orange county yeah i I am a socal guy but they they like the clippers (laughs) to us we don't really it's not the same it's not the same as the dodgers the dodgers are the team the angels are up the road in south orange county it's kind of like we we we'll accept them if they get there but it's all, about the, it's all about the Dodgers. He should be putting that on a billboard for Artie Moreno, Mr. Billboard. The 76ers have dismissed head coach Brett Brown after seven seasons. This that took a to long time. The least surprising news in NBA history, Jay. <laughs> wow. Well, yep. we talked about it yesterday on our show. How will, will, will he last till Friday? So, obviously, Elton Brand and the, and the Sixers was listening to that conversation about cleaning out his desk. It made a decision. Yeah, why don't we just pack up now? I knew I should have took the under. Damn it. <laughs> and speaking of Elton, he will continue. Elton Brand, the GM, the former player, will continue to oversee basketball operations. That's according to Woj. But Woj also says the personnel and structure in the front office in and around Elton Brand is going to have some significant evaluation and change. Now I'm confused. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? So he has control, but he doesn't have control? That's exactly what that means. It means you have a title just because we like you, but... When it goes down, we don't need you. So I'm going to make you dance, essentially. <laughs> Tap dance. Yeah. From A to Z, brought to you by Redbox. Don't miss the Redbox 15K summer sweepstakes. Rent or buy any Sony movie for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. For official rules and to learn more, including free entry via email, visit redbox.com slash 15K sweeps. We'll talk a little bit more about exactly what the Sixers should do with our front office insider, Bobby Marks. That's coming up in about 11 minutes. He spent over 20 years 
in the Nets front office, and they got a couple of very interesting issues percolating as well. So Bobby will talk Sixers. He'll talk the Nets now moving on with a new era with the fully healthy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving uh, now that they are essentially moving on to the next era of Brooklyn basketball. Jay, we had to take a commercial break because that's what we do here. And Key, we had to do it. But the conversation that we had, if you're just joining us, has been pretty heated, pretty passionate with a lot of the players weighing in on some of the social justice after the latest tragedy in the country. You had mentioned that your son, who is eight years old, has been affected. You're 48 years old. You've been affected. I'm 42. Jay is 38. Our audience is far and wide, men, women, older, younger, all races, all backgrounds, who can all sort of agree that this is another travesty, and the next time it happens, um, I don't think people are going to be surprised because there is going to be a next time. Well, it's been a next time and a next time and a next Hmm. time. It's just the next time, will it be on camera? And the next time, will it be someone who actually loses their life opposed to being in critical condition and sitting in a hospital? Um, It's just one of those deals, man, I don't know – where to start with it at. I know we all sit around and we talk about why it continuously happened over and over and over and over to the point of no return. And you try and do everything from voting because November is going to be extremely important, like to a whole nother level, probably the most important in my lifetime that I could think of. It can be anybody's lifetime. It's fucking generational change here. Exactly. And so it's just, when you watch things like what happened in Wisconsin where, you know, you can make all the excuses about whether or not we're hearing that the, he was tased. I didn't see that on video. I don't. I, all I see is a guy going from one end of a car, around the car, to the front of the car. Whether he was in physical confrontation with them, I don't see that. I don't see anything. I just see a video from an apartment building across the street I don't see body cams. Yeah, I and I'm I hearing reports that some body cams potentially weren't on. Like, I want to see what the body cams have to show. No, they didn't have body cams. Oh, uh, I thought it was mandated that you have to wear a body uh, cam. Apparently, I thought for every officer. Apparently, in this particular, uh, from what I read, apparently in this particular police department, the funds have not been available to purchase the cams, so they don't have them. But they want to know if the, the dash cam is on inside the car. But the, I don't know where the police car was at to be able to see all of those things. And, you know, as a black athlete, I do at times get the benefit of the doubt in some things in life. There's no question about it. And I'm not going to apologize one bit for it. But as also as a black human being, take the athlete part away. I'm fearful at times my own damn life as I told you I said I never really felt this way ever like uncomfortable walking dogs at four o'clock in the morning never felt uncomfortable but over the last couple years last two and a half three years feel really uncomfortable with certain situations feel uncomfortable walking my dogs at night because it's not even necessarily about the police it's about anybody at all that could pull out a gun shoot me and claim I'm trying to break in a car. They thought I was going to break in a car because we see this sort of stuff every single day. We just don't hear about it from a national news standpoint, but it's happening every day. 
But I will tell you who does speak about it whenever he gets the opportunity from a national standpoint. Of course, that is LeBron James. He has been out there at his post-game Zoom press conferences with a cap on that says more than an athlete with the Nike swoosh. He's walked out there with an 846 referencing George Floyd on his breast pocket of his T-shirt. Verbal and nonverbal cues have been strong. And you want to hear some verbally strong LeBron. Here he is. After the game, yeah, they go up 3-1. Yeah, he looked great again. Yeah, he didn't look at 35 at all. He was turning back the clock, which we'll discuss later when it seems appropriate. But here's LBJ in the starkest of terms about what he feels in a kinship with Key. He does not feel safe in this country. Quite frankly, it's just up in our community. And I, said, I know people get tired of hearing me say it, but we are scared as black people in America. Black men, black women, black kids, we are we are terrified. Because you don't know. You have no idea. You have no idea how that cop that day left the house. You don't know if he woke up on the good side of the bed. You don't know if he woke, woke up on the, on the wrong side of the bed. You don't know if he had an argument at home with a significant other. You know if one of his kids said something crazy to him and he left the house steaming. Or maybe he just left the house saying that today is going to be the end for one of these black people. That's what it feels like. So so true. It's so true, man. It's so true. And, you know, it's so fascinating to me hearing people and how reckless they are with their comments. Um, You know, when LeBron says things like that and people say, well, what what you, you you feel you don't feel safe when you're in your 13 million dollar home? No, or, he does not no, cuz he got to leave that house at some point. Exactly. And by the way, there was racial slurs on his gate in Brentwood back in yes. the day. Remember that whole thing, right? Yes, so imagine absolutely. that. People you have an incredible home and you walk out there's a racial slur and you have your your two sons and your kids and you're like, "Well, damn, what do I do when my kids leave the home if if I'm a target? What happens to my kids?" And LeBron James isn't speaking just for LeBron James. Like, LeBron James is also extremely fortunate, like Kia just made mention to. He's speaking for the millions of people that are voiceless, that where this happens to every single day, but there can't be attention brought to it because it happens in the shadows. And and when people start to make those type of comments that, oh, you're living in your $13 million house, so damn what? So what? He's still got to leave the gates. You think police aren't in Brentwood pulling people over? And what, is that, what does that in, make you feel, I, I lived in Calabasas. Okay, Lily White, you think I haven't been pulled over? Of course. But I've given I've been given the benefit of the doubt because once they open up the door and they realize they're like, oh, okay, cool. But I knew why you was really pulling me over. You was really pulling me over because the only thing you could see was a black dude driving a car. I get it. I understand it. So let's not act like he's supposed to just stay in his house and only go to the Staples Center to play basketball. His kids are only supposed to get driven or drive to their school to play basketball. He still got to walk the streets. He's human. Like people are crazy in this world, man. Really? They are. They don't. You would think that the individuals that maybe I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt, but you would think that individuals that get on these damn social media things and hide and make their little smart ass comments Mm -hmm. would have some damn sense. Because it could be them one day. It doesn't necessarily well, just people, have he, to be them. For most people, it, it won't be them. 
Because most people don't oh, know what could, those experiences but, 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 will be. But, That's why but, they make those comments. Well, what I'm saying, when I say them, not them personally, yeah. but somebody close to them. It could be a dear friend, a, a loved one. It doesn't necessarily have to be you directly. Can I say this too, Key? Is our society so tribal that we've all lost the ability to be empathetic? Have we all lost the ability to relate no, because to they, people? They, like, they, I, they a, never had morals to begin with. That's why they say the stupid stuff that they say and believe the stupid things that they believe because it, they've always been... These, the, the same people that make these comments are not trying to understand where we are and the things that we go through. This is something that's been going on for years, man. This is not anything new. This is not anything new. So let's talk about this. Just the difference between right and wrong, okay? Right and wrong. Like, let's keep it that simplistic. So hypothetically, say they were in a scuffle, okay? Say he did get tased. Say he did have a knife on him. Say maybe he was going to his truck to grab his gun. Hypothetically, right? You still shoot him in the back seven times? If he's going to grab a gun, if, if you take a pop in the leg, you put him down, you rustle, you get him to the floor seven times, well, seven times. As, as they would say, they can't take that chance. You never know. And as Key and both guys have indicated, unless you are directly impacted by any incident, it doesn't seem like you can really grasp the full effect of it. But when you are pulled into it. You know somebody that has coronavirus. Now you feel differently about coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it's a little bit detached. We're going to have this conversation throughout the morning. If you're listening to us virtually, you're working at home virtually. I hope you can hang with us a little longer than you normally do. I know you got priorities and a job, but we are going to be passionate about this all the way through 10 a.m. Eastern today. Still to come, the Sixers have a passionate fan base. They need a big-time coach. So do the Nets. Would you rather coach Embiid and Simmons or Kyrie and KD? We'll ask our front office insider. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
thank you, Key. <laughs> what the, a little baseball. <laughs> a little, little baseball there. <laughs> Who needs Jeff Passion? We don't even need Passion anymore. I mean, we, we, we have got key. Keys in the house. RBI. Uh, Bobby Marks joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance sign. <laughs> Bobby spent more than two decades working in the Nets front office. He started working for Coach Cal, I believe, as a college intern and worked his way all the way up, and he's got great perspective. He joins us this morning. Key, take it away. Bobby, now that there's a seat that's open up in Philadelphia, who's the next guy in line to get that chair? Well, I mean, I think you could probably go two different directions, right? I mean, if you want the coach who has, you know, been part of a championship team, it's probably Ty Lue, who's handled veterans uh, before. I think if you want to, um, you know, steal a page out of Toronto, I mean, when uh, Dwayne Casey was let go, nobody really knew who Nick Nurse was. Um, and you can probably go with a guy like Ime Odoka, who's been there, uh, you know, I think this is only his first year there. So, I think you can go internal or you can go kind of outside, you know, outside of, uh, of the family there. I think, I think the, the logical name is probably Ty Lu, just probably from a, from the experience standpoint. I mean, this is not a, you're not walking into a, a you know, a rebuild of young players, draft picks, although Simmons and Embiid are, you know, still in their, the prime of their career here. And, and you're going to have to have a coach that is creative because let's face it, you're married to this roster for right now because of where the expenses are. Bobby Marks is with us here on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, 20 years in NBA front offices. Bottom line here, Woj reported yesterday that basically the Sixers want to keep Embiid and Simmons together. The conventional wisdom is that that might not happen. So in your thought, from a front office perspective, take salary into account, take moving these guys potentially, or the difficulty moving them into account. Embiid, Simmons, or as Woj said, Bobby, keep them both. What are you thinking? Yeah, I would probably keep them both for right now. Uh, I mean, they're both, you don't have to do anything. I mean, the Simmons contract just is about to start his rookie's contract, and you've got Embiid for another th- three years here. So I think whoever they hire, I think I want maybe a full year to see kind of where, you know, where they are. Um, I think if you asked me as far as from a trade standpoint, who's more valuable than the other, I think it's, I think Ben Simmons is more valuable than, than Joel Embiid. Um, I really do. I think even with the injury with, um, with, with Simmons knee here, I kind of, I kind of think you kind of know what you're getting with, um, with Ben. I mean, I'm not, I mean, we're at this point right now and, Guys, I think eventually we're going to have to start holding Joel and being accountable a little bit more than what than maybe what's being being out there because it's kind of like the same song and dance that we've seen the last the last couple of years from him. So, um, but yeah, I think um, from from a trade standpoint, I would probably hold on to both. Um, I don't know if I'd do anything with Tobias Harris because if I move Tobias Harris, and I don't know where his value is right now, and he's about 140 million, then you still have the Al Horford problem. So it's kind of like I said, you know, it's like moving, you know, um, you know, uh, chairs on the uh, on the Titanic, right? It looks good in one spot, but it's <laughs> the boat's still going to sink here. So um, there's a lot of work to do. I mean, there really is. I mean, they've got uh, five draft picks. We'll see what happens. Well, in uh, in October, um, you know they've got to improve their shooting off the bench. There, you'll you're probably going to lose Alec Burks, uh, who's a free agent here. But um, yeah, probably the second most expensive roster in the NBA next year. We, you know, we went from a, a real good story three years ago to now it's a, as I say, it's an overpriced house. Bobby, there, there's no hiding of my short run with the Nets and the fact that you officially cut me. <laughs> Um, when you were a part of the management organization. So I won't hold that against you with my next question. Um, but, I, you know, this pipe dream of Greg Popovich 
coming to yeah. the Nets. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah, it's, it's something that's that was mentioned, and it's kind of like has spread like wildfire, right, uh, Jay? I mean, it's I get it, right? I mean, Sean worked in uh, in San Antonio and played for Pop. We're probably trying to connect the dots here, where. You know, Pop has got a young team. It's not a championship roster. If he wants one more crack at it, then you could probably do it in in, in Brooklyn. Here, I I would be really surprised if that's the kind of the if that's where um, you know Brooklyn is going. I think I think Jaquan will get um, a, a really a good look. But as I wrote in the Nets offseason article, it's it's one thing from coaching you know a group of no name guys in in the Orlando bubble who. Um, are playing their tails off and are competing to when you get KD and you get Kyrie back and you get Spencer and, and DeAndre. And now you have that, that championship aspirations here. So that's another, you know, that's another appealing. I think it's, I think it's more appealing than Philadelphia definitely, but yeah, it would, it would be hard for me to, to see, you know, pop leaving, um, you know, San Antonio, but Hey, we, you know, we work in the NBA and we've seen crazier things happen before. It just still hurts my feelings that you cut me, Bobby. <laughs> you know, that was probably one of the hardest decisions <laughs> I think I've, I've ever, well, I've ever had to have been a part of. So um, I'm, I'm sorry. Twenty five years later, it's all good. <laughs> or Twenty brother. years it's later. All good. <laughs> Speaking of cut, we'll see tonight if the Jazz can finally cut down the Nuggets and take care of business. And the Clippers and the Mavericks are now a best of three. NBA double dip will be watching, Bobby. I know you will be too. Thanks very much. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, guys. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, Key. So you just heard Bobby mention a lot of interesting things there, including the NBA's oldest coach on the move at the age of 71 after being with just basically one organization his entire career that he led to five championships. A lot to discuss there. What's your biggest takeaway? I would say that the Ty Lue situation in, for Philly, um, when you think about there are going to be other job openings, you still got Brooklyn, obviously Chicago and in Philadelphia, um, the New Orleans situation. Houston, potentially. Houston, potentially. So it's going to be his to pass up no matter what. Because they're all going to try to get him. Now it's just going to be him sitting back as a, uh, a former head coach, NBA champion, to be able to say, hmm, what do I want to really do? Where, where does my future lie? Do I want to mess around with two stars in Brooklyn? Do I want to mess around with two stars in, in uh, Philly? Do I want to go through a headache and try to change a whole mentality in Houston? Do I have enough with a Zion in New Orleans? I mean, he's got he's got the luxury, right? What, what makes him so attractive that he could go into any of those disparate situations and you think he would work? Well, first of all, the players, they like him. So that's where you start at. Number one. That's number one. Do the players like the coach? Then can he coach? Now, he will never get the true benefit of the doubt till he leaves LeBron James and becomes a head coach. It's fair. Because people are going to say LeBron was running the team, blah, 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 LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. What? That's and just what people. He was fired. That's, how, that's how they do things, right? Then those people know nothing about basketball. But, the, but that's what they say. Think about it, it. When he was up for the Laker job, the only reason why he was getting it is because he coached LeBron and he can manage LeBron. But that's not true. You know, he played basketball, he knows how to coach basketball. But in the world of coaching, these sort of things happen. They put the little whispers out there because they're hating on him, and that's the way it goes. But he's got an opportunity to be a coach in four or five spots that will be open. Ty Lue's one hell of a coach, and, and he's going to get a blank check. And what makes him special is that he manages personalities. 
he manages strong personalities. His X's and O's are good, but managing personalities is even more important in today's league because that's what you need, the superstars. Eric Spolstra is one of the most underrated coaches. Imagine managing LeBron James, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh, right, making sure that all those things mesh. Now, I know somebody can say, well, I can coach that team. No, you could not. Not with LeBron James's ego, D. Wade's ego. They, they weren't always working collectively at the same time on all cylinders. And I will say this. I, I don't think Udoka is going to be the option for the 76ers. He's been there. And my question towards that would be, well, how come he didn't give Brett Brown the blueprint while he was there? Even though he was only at the organization for a year or two, he, he was there. He had a chance to do that. Well, maybe, maybe Brett Brown didn't want to listen to the situation. That's you, fair, too. If you go back and you think about Phil Jackson had to take over, they didn't want to listen to him, right? At, at first, when he became the head coach of Chicago Bulls, they, he kind of, they was, ah, oh, this, that, and then all of a sudden, he got the job and the triangle lived forever. So maybe Brett Brown just was like, no, I don't want to, I'm going to do it my way. If I'm going down, I'm going down my way. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Sport Clips. It's a new season. It's Sport Clips haircuts. All stylists are clean certified and guys smart. It's also time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Key, let's talk about it here. Oh, hold on a second. Go I was going to finish my, my comment real quick. <laughs> Go ahead. Wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. The, the coach for this job is Jay Wright. He's Jay Wright. Right he's down been, the street, right? He's been in your backyard. It feels like for... 20 years. That conversation came up with last year or the year before? I, I think it was a year before. The year before. But here's what I will say about Jay Wright. People will question for all these guys. Well, he's a college coach. How can Jay Wright has managed personalities. He's been part of USA Basketball for the longest time. I played USA Basketball with Jay Wright. I've seen him on the same staff as Billy Donovan, who's been able to make the transition to OKC, one of the best coaches there is, especially with the job he's done this year with OKC. Look what they've done the last couple of games. It's 2-2 two and two with Houston, right? He's been underneath the regime of Greg Popovich, USA Basketball, spent time with Jerry Colangelo. His style that he's done at college is actually very – uh, relatable to the way that styles are made in the NBA. Fast-paced, three-point shooting, guard-driven league. Him and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, if you decide to keep those two together, I think his relatability to players, but also he will make them accountable. One of the biggest issues I have with Brett Brown, you say you're going to come in the season and force Ben Simmons to shoot threes, force him to shoot threes. Don't let Ben Simmons just kind of wallygag around and float. Hold his feet to the fire. Jay Wright could do that. He's already in your backyard. Make it Happen, Philly. Make it happen. Let me throw this one back at you, and I want to mention that Donovan was top three for Coach of the Year this year, so he was certainly recognized by his peers. Jay Wright himself has said, and you know him way better than I, so I'm not going to even pretend like I've talked to the guy you know him and played under him in USA Basketball. He has said one of the things he loves about being Villanova's head coach, and he says it tongue-planted firmly in cheek, nobody pays attention to us until the Eagles have been eliminated from the playoffs or have won the Super Bowl. So he loves that sort of job security. I, he's like Mark Feud Gonzaga or whoever's the, yeah, head, Gonzaga, you know, yeah. right. It's just like, I, I run this place. I'm the dominant team in my league. I do whatever I want. I built this infrastructure. I built the equity. Nobody's questioning me. So in some senses is the job he has after winning two of the last three national championships. Let's mention that too in college basketball. Does he just have a job that's maybe just too good to leave? Yeah, a lot of times that that is the case with these coaches. You you're relaxed. Your your environment is comfortable. You don't need to take on any more stress. Added stress. Now, one would say, well, he could hit it big, Lotto. I mean, they could basically hand him a blank check and say, fill it in. But sometimes it's not all about the money. They they're comfortable. They know I could be here ten years 
and be good, I could be there at three and be on the streets. You don't think Coach K flirted around with the Lakers opportunity? The opportunity to coach Kobe Bryant? You don't uh, think he yeah. thought about it? He, I'm telling you, he thought about it. Oh, I'm sure you he, know. He legitimately I mean, yeah. thought about it. And it's not only the blank check. I think a lot of it is key. You said it correctly, being comfortable. Where are you with your family? Things of that sort. All I'm saying is that it gets to a certain point where Jay Wright, it seems like it, I've been thinking about this for a long time because I've known him doing college basketball. He's always been like an NBA guy to me. He's always been an NBA guy. He carries himself. Yeah, he's right? a guy that can come over and say, hey, Keyshawn, come over here. I want to talk to you about this. What's happening at home? Okay, I would probably do it this way. Oh, you got some issues? Let's talk to me about it. He's always had that relatability to his players where he's been able to get the best out of them. And when I think about we, – we, we talk about Philly not having the leadership, mm-hmm. not having somebody who's strong and bold but also can tell players what they need to do. I can only imagine Jay Wright talking to Joel Embiid. I can only imagine Jay Wright communicating to Ben Simmons. I think they would find him way more relatable and listen to him more than what they did with Brett Brown. And, and that may be the case, but coaches, again, they sometimes just want to chill. I, I, you mentioned Gonzaga and Mark Few. I had a conversation with him last year. Um, I, we were doing something together, and I was just telling him about the – we were talking about UCLA. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, won't you – you know, on the slide, won't you take that UCLA job? It's cool. He's like, he – yeah, I'm good, big dog. I'm I'm happy being up in, in the Pacific Northwest. Nobody bothers me. I'm just running my deal. I'm good. I'm like, okay. Interesting. So, right, two of the last four national championships. The question is, would he be the right move for Philly? That's no straight, pun intended. No, no pun intended. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests joining us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Real quick, Jay, this is something that you've been so passionate about since we started talking about all of these things when we launched last Monday with this program, and that is college sports. Do you think the place that college sports is in, the uncertainty that you have spoken about, could that change the way coaches feel about jumping to the NBA? Because despite all the obstacles that they have, the NBA is moving on. We're going to have a 75th season at some point, whereas college basketball is completely in flux at the moment. we're going to have college sport. I mean, look, yeah. we're, we're having college football this year. And as much as Key and I disagree with it, we're having college football. Seems and, that way. And, and, and it feels like we're going to have college basketball. I think college basketball is easier to do in some of these regional bubbles. So I, I don't think that really has a lot of influence on the decision ultimately. But what I will say, it's hard to turn down $10 million. It, 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 even if, and, and I've heard coaches per, say this. Per John Calipari and I have talked about this. And JC, he's been on the show. He's my boy. Somebody says, hey, look, we're going to offer you a four-year, $40 million deal. If your college offers you a four-year, you know, $13 million deal, that's X amount of millions of dollars over that deal where you can always come back to college Correct. and have that visibility and credibility. Yes, exactly. You keep leveraging your position, and it gives you a second life as well. And eventually the pandemic hopefully will be over. Fair enough. I agree with you. Bucks, Lakers, big wins. But what they said in big ways afterwards was resonating more. We're back. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.